This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you have not experienced the content yourself, then please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to us ramble on about it. Thank you very much. Another Happy Pod. Hello and welcome to Another Happy Pod, the podcast where we keep it fresh, positive and dripping in disappointing sequel vibes. I am your host, my name is Lawrence, and I'm joined, as usual, by this prick. Well, alright, just spoil it up top, so now I know how you feel. Anyway, carry on. No, <laughs> no, 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 I have, I have more carry opinions on. than just that. I'm, I'm, I'm carrying on, shut your mouth. Right, um... Today we are going to be talking about Wonder Woman 84, but Nathan, I wanted to ask you what you thought of the first one very briefly. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? I like it. It's a good movie. Uh, Gal Gadot is great. There's um, great action scenes. Chris Pine is great. The slow-mo is probably a little bit too much, probably leaned a little bit too heavy on it. Uh, but overall, I really like the first Wonder Woman movie. A movie you only watched just like last week for the first time, you absolute sexist. I know, I know. I'm so unbelievably sexist, A it's disgusting true. Disgusting um, misogynist you are. I know, I know. I don't respect... No, I'm not, I'm not going to... Why would I leave this in to be cut out of context? <laughs> um... Yeah, no, I, I like the first one. I did only just watch it um, maybe like about a month ago for the first time, um... I don't know why I never got round to watching it. I Misogyny. think I was on a possible like a um, like a I, I don't like DC movies vibe at the time. Um, no, I, I went into this not really actually knowing much about it. Obviously, I know where the character ended up and blah blah blah. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. It was it was good. It had a niche which a lot of superhero movies don't have, uh, which was that it was the World War um, World War One movie, was it? Yeah. Um, and wait, was it World War One or World War Two? It was World War One. Yeah, World War One. Yeah, um, and I liked it. I, I I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, and I found myself leaning into the more like cheesier aspects of it and being like, "Oh, I like this." So I was uh, I was learning to have fun with movies, as Nathan often says. Uh, I I don't. Um, you don't. I tried my hardest with this one, and I did really, I did really, really like the first one. Um, when did you, what did you think when you heard there was, obviously there was going to be a sequel, but when you saw like the trailer, because the trailer for the 1984 kind of gives a lot away, I thought. So what did you think? Uh, well, it depends if you're talking about what trailer, because like the first trailer for this movie came out like fucking years ago, like <laughs> 20, 2018, 20, I don't know. It came out a long time ago. Because they shot this yeah. movie fucking years ago. Obviously, it got pushed back because of the world being the general state that it is. Um, yeah, I can't honestly. I can't even remember the trailers. By the time I came to watch the movie, none of that was in my head. I mean, yeah, sure, I knew Kristen Wiig turns into a big cat, and Pedro Pascal is there, and maybe he's the president at one point, but not really. Uh, that's yeah. really all I knew going into it. Oh, and Chris Pine was back. That's that's really all. All I knew, See, I, I mostly for there's a, a big engine revving. Yes, well done. You got a tiny penis. Carry on, you fucking cunt. Hold on. <laughs> All right, he's far enough away. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, by the time I came to watch the actual movie, I'd, I'd mostly forgotten about uh, most of the, the stuff in the trailers, so that didn't really get to me. Yeah, fair enough. I um, I I had one scary thought um, when I watched the trailer for this. Um, and again, uh, this is another one I kind of delayed. I think it came out. I, uh, people were able to watch it from Christmas Day, I think. Um, and that's when the reviews uh, came in. I watched this last night. I stayed up until half one in the morning to watch it. Um, but when I watched the trailers, I was kind of concerned because I thought part of actually no most of the joy of the first Wonder Woman film was the fact that it was had the the niche of being set in a war um and there was obviously like the fish out of water scenario which was quite fun and um I was worried that it was going to have a lot less of that and those were the elements I really liked of the first one um but then I saw it leaning more into like the kind of 80s nostalgia and I thought, oh, it is going to have a niche. It's still going to have like that that thing to it. Um, I'm, I've am i already said kind of what I thought about it. I well, Just hold <sighs> on, just hold on. You ramble way too much. Um, the the um, What you're saying about World War One? I, I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that's the movie's niche, the first niche. I think the, mov- the first movie works so well because of the relationship between Steve and Diana. I think those are the the main components of the movie. And that's why I wasn't really worried going into the second movie, because Chris Pine was back, and, and they do have great chemistry. They do have a great oh, relationship. Yeah. It's great to see them interact together. So so that was that was what I was looking forward to with this movie. Do you, do you not think that it benefited, though, from the fact that it was set at World War One? Like not I know really. it's the setting no, of the I plot, think, I but do you not think... I think it could have been anywhere. I don't think... I don't think World War One really had any kind of like major major help to the movie at all. I I, I think it could have been any time, anywhere, really. Okay. How, how see, different I'm, I'm, would it be if it was set in World War Two? No, no, no. But that's the thing. I don't mean just World War One specifically, but I mean set at such a like a prolific and iconic time in history that obviously people don't remember. But um, well, I fucking sure as shit don't. Um, but like a time that people recognize where if it was set like in some random year that nothing much happened, um, I don't think it would have had the same uh, like feel. I don't think it would have been as good. I think like, I mean, think about it like the, the um, was it the no man's land sequence is probably the, one of the best sequences in that first movie. And that could, that could only happen in that scenario. Like where else is, is that going to happen? <laughs> like a, a sequence like that. Yeah, all right. That's that's fair enough. I, I don't know. I, I still think you could, you could engineer or write something similar. I, I don't think I, World War One is the be all and end all of that movie. No, I, I agree with that. I think I think um, the relationship between Steve and Diana is great. Like one thing when I watched this first one, I came out of it and went, "Oh, fucking Chris Pine, man! Like he he's so fucking good. He um, is good. Yeah, like and and I do like that uh, the relationship between those two characters." Um, I tell you what, let, let me let me start with you. What do you think? I want to know what my uh, what my competition is going to be for my opinion. <laughs> what did you think of the uh, of the second one? Uh, what of eighty four? Yeah, um, I liked eighty four. Okay, I um, I know that it's cheesy. I know <laughs> that there's some very weird stuff and a magic man and all of this stuff. I know that the CGI is not all that great. I know that some storylines don't really make sense, and there are also some very kind of racist undertones to certain scenes as well, which I'm not qualified to talk about, but it's not great. But overall, 
I really liked this movie. I thought it was a bloody good fun time all around. I had so much fun watching this movie for three reasons. Those reasons are Gal Gadot, Chris Pine, and Pedro Pascal. All three of them are top form of this movie. So yeah, I enjoyed. It. Okay, I'm right. I'm glad in that sense because I I feel differently about the movie. But the big three things that were pleasers for you were reasons that I redeemed this movie slightly in my head, like. I, I was saying this earlier, right? Pedro Pascal is on top of the fucking world right now. <laughs> like, he is making so much money and just having so much fun playing roles that he's playing. Um, and I'm and I'm very chuffed for him. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's definitely... I don't know much about the comics of Wonder Woman. Is Max, I presume Maxwell Lord's a comic character, right? He is a comic book character. Not necessarily a Wonder Woman villain. He's more like kind of Superman. Um... And yeah, he's actually showed up in the Supergirl TV show and other places, and he's very, very different to this. Uh, this is pretty much Maxwell Lord in name only, really. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like not like big, big camp cheesy and not at all. He's he's more he's kind of like watered down Lex Luthor, really. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like yeah. <laughs> Lex Light. Yeah, um, Lex Light. Yeah, Lex Light. Um, uh, overall, I'd be. If I'm being completely honest, I, I'm in two minds about this, right? Because I, I agree, it is really, really fun. Uh, and I, I did, for the most part, have a good time watching a lot of it. But there's just, there's just moments of it that every time I was having fun, it just kind of like, it's like a train hit me of just like, oh, but this sucks. <laughs> like, no. But, but, like, like, but what sucks? Tell me what sucks about it. Uh, right. My, right, let's let's start with the, my biggest my biggest two gripes about this film. We'll go through one by one. By the uh, way, one, I just want to make something very clear to the audience. When I say Lawrence hates fun, that's true. Okay, me and <laughs> Zucchini and Lawrence have had very long discussions about the fact that all of Lawrence's childhood was just the most bleak and desolate place ever. Because when we talk <laughs> about nostalgic movies that we love, Lion King, Aladdin, uh, whatever other Disney classic you might enjoy Lawrence is just there like well I don't want to watch it it's not for me is it it's boy kids movie and that's the kind of man we're dealing with here so this should be interesting uh, please go ahead Lawrence please well I can't now can you can't. I? no you can't <laughs> you bully my opinions no, I just wanted to get that across but please go ahead right for, firstly in case any of my family are listening my childhood was not desolate and bleak <laughs> <laughs> I had fun um <laughs> I, I, maybe I've maybe I've forgotten to appreciate fun in films since. Um, right, Steve in this movie, like I'm, we'll go into the whole like how he came back and the method they used, blah blah blah. Later, at a base point, Chris Pine playing Steve Trevor in this movie, he did absolutely nothing apart from get resurrected and then die again. Can you can you tell me that that's not true? Yes, that is true. But I think that's the point. I don't think he's supposed to do anything. It's not his movie. I don't think he's supposed to... Because as a fucking... As the pivotal scene in this movie, and for me, the best scene in the movie uh, is the one where they are saying goodbye to each other. Where she knows she has to give him up. Where she knows she has to let go and she she doesn't want to. Because all she's wanted for the past, what, 40, 50, whatever fucking years it's been, is him back. 
that's all she's wanted because he's really the only person she's ever loved and finally she has him back finally she yeah yeah it's not an exact copy it's literally <laughs> a different, a different person entirely but she still yeah. has this version of him back and she wants to hold on to that the fact that she has to give him up to to save for the good of the world and to save everything you can see that pain on her in that scene you can see how much she doesn't want to do it that's why she doesn't even look at him when she walks away she just pulls herself away and just carries on keeps on looking forward and that's incredible to me yeah no it's brilliant and I, i i do agree that that is a good scene and i like that moment and it's cool and powerful and everything but from a right from a from a perspective that like let's say we know that this is a film and that we're not talking about the characters why why did he need to be in this like he he did absolutely nothing and i liked him being there but when he doesn't, he, when, he doesn't when, need to be at all to do something though what does he need to do anything any anything at all would but have been his nice. purpose is served as being the emotional crux about diana as being the sacrifice that needs to be made that's what he does hmm i uh, <laughs> uh, i'm uh, do you, just, not, do you not agree that, that I, no I agree I agree that that she's the like I, I tell you what I'd agree more if um like I, I I think it's weak I do think it's weak I think it was a bit like the they know the filmmakers know Patty Jenkins knew that one of the biggest and best things about the first movie was the relationship between both of them and I think someone in the boardroom cacked themselves and went well we need to put him back in it then and Patty Jenkins went, no, but he's dead. And they went, yeah, well, not anymore. Give him a rock. Give him a rock and bring him back. I, 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 th- I think you're, cut, you're half right. I think Patty Jenkins, first of all, was very on board to bring him back. But I do think you're half right that he was very much a, a reactionary decision because of how much people loved their relationship. But I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with that because it's a great relationship and I'm always down for seeing more of it. So, but do you not think do you not think it's lazy in the sense that if they were going to bring him back, the very least they could do is give him a plot, give him something that wasn't just they gave like, they gave him a plot though. Uh, when you say he didn't do anything, I truly don't understand what you mean because he, he did have a plot in this movie. He did have a storyline. Just because he didn't have an action beat, just because he didn't take down a villain, doesn't mean that he didn't have a plot. So you're you're you would say that his plot would just be to run around next to Diana. His plot is to be the the sacrifice that she needs to make. He's a lesson. That's not that a plot. That's that's not a plot. Though. Is, that's not an arc. Is. That's a it plot. Is. That's of a plot it's device. An arc. Of course, it's an arc. Oh, this episode's going to be titled "Lawrence and Nathan Argue About What <laughs> 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 Do do not. But that isn't right. Okay. Let's put it. How is that let's put not it into an arc? Character, on this, on a this, character on, gets from point A to point B. How is that not an arc? But no, because right. Well, then you could then you could say that everyone who's born and dies has has an arc. Like even if they were born for a second and then die, like get, I I know I get the point that you're saying, right? But on this very podcast, you've said that when people sit around to just die at the end or do nothing at the end, other than to be sacrificed or be. Uh, like a device it's lazy so why in this scenario does it work because he's not just sitting around to be sacrificed at the end there's a reason for that it's not just a sacrifice that has no weight 
it's not no, just, no, it's not, it's not just it's something to give the main hero a little bit of pain for two seconds and then move on. There's actual weight and reasons behind it. It's a lesson uh, that Diana needs to learn and something that she needs to truly give up. The fact that she herself is the one who has to sacrifice him to, to essentially plunge the dagger into the chest. She's the one who's doing that. That is why it's different. That's why it's it's not the same as someone just being killed off by a villain in the end. Okay. All right. I we'll, we'll get stuck on this forever, so we'll move on. Uh, but I want it on record that I disagree. <laughs> but uh, well, well, um, okay. So tell me why though. Tell me why you think he doesn't have a storyline. Why he doesn't have an arc. Right. To put it plainly, in my opinion. It's because of the fact that the movie introduces him, he comes back um, in the weird way that he does, um, and then all he does is absolutely just follow around Diana, which I get it, and it further emphasizes the point that they clearly just wanted them to have their connection, right? But think about it from his perspective. He died like like 30 years ago. And now he's back, he's awake, he's in another... He's, he, decades like, have passed. It was more than 30. Like, How long was it? Oh, because it was... Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck me, it was a while. I keep thinking about World War II. Um, so like, 60 so put years it this ago. Way. Yeah. So a lot of time has passed. The world is completely different. But what he wants to do is just run around and, and follow Diana, like... I get it. He looks at a few planes and goes, wow, this is cool. And there's a lot of jokes like, oh, radar, are they going to shoot us? Shit, kind of thing. Like, that's all funny and that works great. But if you think about what the character must be going through at that point, it makes no fucking conceivable sense that he wouldn't want to do something with that time. He wouldn't want to do something other than look at some what art he in, want a, to in do? a museum. What, what would he want to do? Because to, to me... Mate, are you telling thing, me if you died no, and you woke the, up in 60 years, you wouldn't have questions? Of course it would. But I think to him, the most important question is Diana. I think he clearly wants his, to spend his time with her. And if that involves running around the globe and trying to stop this world-ending shit, which is exactly what they did in the first movie. He's, he was a fucking a soldier, a spy for the British intelligence, okay? He's not going to yeah. be someone who just sits around and goes to look at, I don't know, cars or some shit while the world is coming undone. <laughs> like, he, he, you can't tell me he's just going to go to a movie theatre and watch fucking Star Wars while no, Pedro no. Pascal is <laughs> no. taking over the world. Come on. <laughs> no, right. Obviously, that's not what I want. But what I'm saying is, right, they could have they could have fixed my entire problem with him being in this movie. Not that they give a fuck about my problem <laughs> with this movie. But what I'm saying is, for my problems, for my problems to, be, to be solved, it's as simple as Steve getting to do something that only Steve would think of to do like only someone that his headspace is still 60 years ago would think of to do like technology isn't the solution to a certain problem but Steve thinks of something from fucking way back when that would help in a scenario and Steve is useful that's that's what I would I would like to see or I would would have wanted to see like for him to be brought back for it to matter more yes I understand the the sacrifice for Diana that's great but that's that's to serve Diana that does fuck all for Steve so in my opinion Steve comes back as a plot device for Diana to move the plot forward for her but does nothing himself well disagree <laughs> Hey I said we wanted to move on right <laughs> 
I'll tell you what, let me... Um, do you want to quickly go through my other problem and then we can talk about good things? Because I yeah, do have good yeah, things. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Do you think Cheetah sucks in this film? Uh, I really like Kristen Wiig. Kristen yes, Wiig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kristen Wiig was really great in the movie. Um, and her kind of journey was very interesting to watch as well. Um, yeah, Cheetah, the actual full final transformation of Cheetah was a bit odd. I'll, I'll definitely yeah. say that. Um, but I don't have any real major problem with it. I mean, why not have a big cat lady? Why not? No, no, no. I don't. I don't care that there's a big cat lady. I'm. I'm glad you said that, Kristen Wiggs. I was the question I was kind of leading you on to was, do you think Cheetah sucks? I would say personally, yeah, a little bit. Um, Kristen Wiig, I think they did a bit of a disservice to in in this film, right? Not just in post. Like, I'm, I, I'll excuse the bad CGI because it does suck. But then like who 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 cares at this point we know what it's trying to do yeah um she she's really good like and the movie gives her a lot of screen time um which i really really liked um my issue with it is the fact that kristen wig as an actress is good enough to play the role but then they they dress her up in like jamie fox um like electro amazing spider-man 2 like geeky glasses like she can't walk in heels but why the fuck does she wear them like the briefcase that falls open at the exact moment where people are around to ignore her like little things like that like i know it's cliche and it's a bit like i feel i felt like it was a bit tired and i felt like they put too much stock in in doing too much um when they could have just given her the character and she would have done a good job it is very much Jamie Foxx in Spider-Man 2, yeah. It is very much that same dressing and very much going out of their way to show you this is a, a like a geeky outsider that no one likes and everyone's kind of mean to. Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you are right in that respect. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it was a disservice to Crystal Wiggle. I think she still did a, a really good job with that character. And I, and I think the idea mm. of her being so kind of like, you know, over the top and, 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 and geeky in this outsider character is, is to show you just how she is the complete opposite to Diana. Like, Diana is obviously very elegant and graceful and beautiful and when she walks into a room everyone looks at her and always wants to help her out and everything like that and that's yeah. why obviously uh, her Kristen I can't remember the character's name but her wish is to become essentially her be like her um, and I think that's the reason for that yeah it's a little over the top but um, again to me it's just that same thing of it's a, it's a comic book movie so it's all part of the fun I guess uh, yeah one thing, one thing that I did like about her character, and it was like it was at the exact moment I started to go, "Oh, I don't like this," um, was that she she just takes so much pleasure in beating up gross cunts. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> which she, which I really like. And that movie, that movie as a whole, right? Genuinely, it, it's rare to see like subtlety done well, right? But there's there's about six different occasions where blokes come up and try and be creepy with various women in this yeah and it's it's handled really well because in every single one diana's either like no fuck off go fuck yourself leave me alone and then in, in like the last scenario where it happens he just gets his fucking head kicked in <laughs> which is which is really quite funny um which i which i liked obviously yeah that's pretty great yeah what 
Oh, I'll tell you what, because I think I think we're at the same the same point with with Chia. Like a bit too much, but it, it is what it is. I think Kristen Wiig still did a great job. Um, let's let's talk about Pedro Pascal then, because <laughs> <laughs> he's in I, a different fucking movie. I, he really is. I love <laughs> that Pedro Pascal read the script to this movie and just said, "You know what." I'm going to give my fucking everything to this role. I am going to pour my heart, my soul, my blood, my sweat, everything into playing yeah. this weird magic man. <laughs> because fucking hell, he really goes for it in this movie. And he is so good, man. Yeah, no, he he's he's fucking brilliant. There was... I I actually really liked right. I think I think with his costume and the way like they they dressed him up and the stuff around him, um, it worked because he's he's meant to be way fucking over the top. Yeah. And the reason I think that's that's what the, one of the reasons it took away from Cheetah for me because of the fact that she, her character is meant to be the one that you go. I actually sympathise with you a little bit. She's the villain that you're meant to go. I get it. Yeah. Too. Um, and I, I think they got it the wrong way round, like the way they did it. Like at the end of the film, I was I was way more on the side of of, of Maxwell Lord than her, because I'd like ultimately what you're left with is Cheetah is that she just wanted to turn into a big cat for no reason, and she was fine with nuclear holocaust. Um, whereas at the at the end of the other movie, you see um, Maxwell Lord is the is is the only bad guy that goes okay. <laughs> I've I've been a dick, uh, but I'm going to stop being a dick because I realise that other things matter. Um, when it really kind of should have been the other way around. Um, but no, I I think he's great in this film. He's he's obviously having the time of his fucking life in this weird wizard role. He he is just fucking incredible. The way he just like the way he slowly is just breaking himself down over the course of the movie. He's becoming like more decrepit and and you know his hair's like getting all messier and falling out and whatnot and and just everything's going wrong for him but he just he just needs to like just to whatever his goal is whatever he wants to rule the world or some shit i can't quite remember something weird and vague and 80s and comic books but he whatever his weird villain goal is he he will do an absolutely nothing to stop it no matter how like deformed and and crepid he is and i and i love that and he really goes for it especially in those scenes where you just see him getting so intense and stealing like yeah. wishes from yeah. someone the way he just like comes up to someone and just grabs hold of them and just like tell me what you wish for tell me what you wish for and yeah i it's, it's, i love the the part i thought it was really clever as well when he goes up to someone is like don't you he did his like obviously the way he manipulates it is like touching people and being like don't you wish that for me and they're like of course i do and then it's like i've stolen their wish kind of thing um <laughs> yeah which is great that's a brilliant way of handling it um but the thing that made me there was one moment that i really made me laugh and it wasn't one of like the obvious like trailer jokes kind of thing um was where he walked up to someone and said don't don't you wish this for me don't you think this would be great and they go yeah of course i do and then nothing happens and and then he goes have I already fucking spoken to you? And and the guy goes, yeah. You, and he's like, Go, fuck off then, move. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I liked that. Like he's, he's, yeah, he's just so sick of it. He's like, mate, you're like, I couldn't give a flying fuck about what you want, mate. Where's someone that hasn't spoken to me this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really good. And, and the wish thing, 
it really makes no sense whatsoever if you think about it for more than two seconds because like yeah. the the first time it happened that guy wishing for a coffee i like i sat and i thought about it and i was like so before the wish was made did that guy already have a spare coffee or <laughs> or, or did he just magically no, appear the moment he he touched it and said no, he wanted a coffee no no what it i i actually you're you, I think you're incorrect in that. There are nitpicks, but there's actually a good reason for that. It, the guy made a coffee for the people he normally makes coffees for, but then when he got to the office, one of the people that made a coffee that he made a coffee for had called in sick, so he had a okay. spare coffee at All that right. moment. But then, doesn't that mean that even though he touched <laughs> the rock, that was always going to happen? So it's not a wish. Oh fuck no! All right, you yeah, are right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then there's a the thing where there's that like waitress who's like fucking. Um, I wish I was famous. And then suddenly everyone is like yelling and taking pictures of her. And, like, do they know what they're doing? Do they know that woman's career? Do they know why she's famous, or are they just suddenly become like suddenly Obsessed the thought? With that kind yeah, of thing. like the the thought they they've lost control of their body and they're just acting on the magic of a weird man from the eighties. I don't know. Yeah, no, the, look, the second, there's a lot of hand-waving in this, because it's, for, believe it or not, for all of my problems with this movie, the wish thing wasn't one of them. I actually really enjoyed how that escalated, because um, yeah. it gets to the point where the movie is just fucking chaos and oh, carnage. Mate, it's and, fucking and it's insane. Great. Riots in the yeah. street, people going crazy. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, very British scene in a cafe where we're just racist to a bunch of Irish people, and then... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then he wishes mate, she was can dead you imagine, and she just drops. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if that had happened in real life, mate, the amount of, of like hate crimes that would take place? Like, And it, that's the thing, to be fair. like That isn't really handled as a joke. I do think it's a little bit like <laughs> you, you towed the line because you tried to make us take that seriously. But at the same time, then in the next scene, there's like fucking <laughs> there's like other dumb shit going on. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, that fucking would happen as well. Like, and it, it got me thinking. Like, imagine if everyone on the planet could make a wish that came true at the exact same moment. Fucking chaos. What would you um, wish for? What would I wish for? Yeah. Uh, someone else editing these podcasts. <laughs> 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 to just to just but have right, an uncle like, editor. But all right, but monkey's poor scenario. You wish for something, somehow it's going to go wrong. So what's going to go wrong with that then? Uh, they're a worse editor than me and they always they always leave in moments that can be taken out of context and then our careers get actually I'll tell you what because if we were truly working on the monkey's paw kind of theory yeah someone else starts editing this podcast it blows up we become the biggest podcasters in the entire world we get money money baby and then things that we would have cut out get taken out of context and we get cancelled and lose our careers oh well there you are then monkey's paw there you go plot plot for the <laughs> film everyone <laughs> done um what one thing i loved about this um was the fact that the president's entire identity was the fact that he was just the president <laughs> like yeah. it's like what would you wish for and his immediate response is more nukes <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck fuck the russians i want more nukes that yeah. was his immediate response like 
like he doesn't have any personal aspirations or goals or stuff that he just would like um and then obviously that scene is a fucking act of war because why the fuck wouldn't it be (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it it just it just goes fucking completely tits up um it does is there any is there any because we're we're approaching time are there any like classic moments because i think this movie's a mess and this podcast has been a mess (laughs) so we've missed a lot but is there anything you you wanted to speak about I don't think either of those things have been a mess, first of all. Um, so, uh, again, I, I think my favourite scene in the movie is that that moment where Diana has to sacrifice Steve. I think that is that is definitely the um, the best part of the movie for me, the, the best scene, without a doubt. Uh, other okay. than that, probably just Pedro Pascal just going absolutely fucking wild. Yeah, no, that's fair. And that leads on to my point, actually, which is quite nice. Uh, I made a few little points throughout watching it. Um, <laughs> first one is, uh, I'll, I'll read you through some of my notes, if that's all right, Nathan. All right. Um, first one is, should make a drinking game for the amount of times that Pedro Pascal turns his whole head and smirks. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's quite a lot. Um, oh, I also I like enjoy fact- Pedro Pascal, so life is good, but it can be oh. better. And it's birthed so many memes. It's a great meme as well. It is a great meme. And it's a great moment, to be fair. Like, he's a very charismatic man. He is. Um, so it, it worked nicely. I'd buy um, gold from I, him or whatever he was selling. I would. I, I think it was oil. Oil, oil land, right? Yeah, something weird and vague. Yeah. Um, I was a big fan that the taxi that takes him to the White House pulls up right outside the white house <laughs> like it gets it it basically goes up to the door yeah <laughs> and that's and that's fine and that's that allowed the there was less security maybe <laughs> no there wasn't there was what? more surely no it was less why would there be more security in the 80s it was a desolate did, time 9-11 hadn't happened yet yeah but when did thingy get shot when did kennedy get shot oh years before this yeah, so they probably were starting to, you know, stress about presidents and people getting too close, right? Nah, but also he's a magic man with wishes, so he can do what he wants. <laughs> imagine wasting a wish being like, can you get me a little bit closer, please? <laughs> <laughs> imagine you're in an Uber and they pull up they pull up outside the house that's like two down from you and you just go, no, no, you know no, what, this I really do. wish... <laughs> I really, yeah. I really wish that you would wish that you just drove <laughs> ten meters more. Don't you wish you parked a little bit down the street? Well, no. To be honest, man, I don't. <laughs> no, no, not really. Why do I? Why do, the meter's still running, gal. <laughs> um, another, another good, uh, another good moment for me was um, Chris Pine uh, going on an escalator for the first time, <laughs> yeah. which was which was great. Which was, was very great. fun. Yeah, I liked that. Followed immediately by him seeing his first uh, underground train uh, or subway, um, yeah. which was CGI. And beg the question, <laughs> it was just a subway passing them on a platform. Could they not have got one <laughs> to do it? It was bad CGI. Um, another classic, uh, Pedro Pascal promises Diana a top-of-the-range 19-inch television, which if you, offered, if you were to offer me now for free, I would punch you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. I, I liked that scene. I remember that. Yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, was, and I think, they knew, I think they knew it was such a joke as well because they, they were like, you're like, top-of-the-range 19-inch television. <laughs> um, 
What do you think of Linda Carter in the post-credits? Oh, that was so dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, as soon as, as soon as Diana was talking about the chicken armor and there was that woman who held back all of the fucking 300 men or whatever, and, like, as soon yeah. as, like, I saw the flash of her, I was like, oh, that's going to be fucking Linda Carter, isn't it? I fucking knew it. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, lo and behold, at the end, she's wearing bracelets and she, like, I don't know, saves a girl's balloon or some shit I can't quite remember um, but yeah. I think a pole is about to crush her or oh crush, yeah crush some it. Kid and then or her bracelet yeah. catches it yeah I remember now I was like <laughs> I was sorry I was like oh that was so dumb we should have just left that out I really agree that was, yeah. that was probably the worst part of the movie <laughs> it was the mate it was the fourth wall breaking like wink and nod at the end that yeah. got me like, yeah. I was like I was sat there right? and I know full well that the, the filmmaker intention there was probably like the fans will love this she winked at me and I was close to telling my Mac just to fuck off <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah no it was um, it was weird also it kind of opens the door like is there now a like is that canon was that a cameo what I don't no, I think understand it's, I think what it was meant to be I think they're doing something with it going forward yeah I really hope to fuck that's not true. No, yeah, I think I think it, there is something happening with it. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> uh, I've got one more point, and it's not a not a good point at all. Uh, did you notice how awkward it was when Pedro Pascal renounces his wishes and then runs off screen? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's very uncomfortable. The camera stays on him for way too long. <laughs> really? And you kind of see Pedro Pascal like running off, but then clearly there's like wires that are like going to the set that are probably not meant to be in camera because he like runs off and then does a bit of like a hop, skip and step um, as he's running off, which which is presumably it's a flat surface. It just looks very weird. <laughs> um, but again, maybe that's a nod to like cheap and cheap things in the 80s and making things look bad with mistakes and who knows um yeah i'm done looking way too far into this movie that's not meant to be looked into yeah it's all. i think it's just one of those just uh, come along for the ride enjoy it don't think too much about it really and, th- and that's yeah. that's what i like about it it was a it was a <laughs> bloody fun time had a lot of fun with it um but yeah there it is right um as always thank you very much for listening uh, we hope you've had a whale of a time on this uh, episode of another happy pod be sure to check us out on twitter for all the good stuff uh, and if we actually remember to post on instagram you can follow us there at another happy pod that's on both of them uh, drop us a tweet let us know what you would like to see next uh, and otherwise stay groovy and we will catch you every single thursday if I can get this one out in time. Because, spoiler alert, it's currently 5 to 7 p.m. on Thursday, so (laughs) that window is closing. (laughs) That window's closing quickly, and I've still got to make dinner. (laughs) Well, there we go. Let's look forward to that. Join us next week for the Lord of the Rings trilogy. No, don't fucking say that. Yeah, I'm busy. I'm saying it now. It's out into the ether. Join us next no. week for the classic look back of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. A series of movies Lawrence hasn't seen yet, so I'm looking forward to I've seen them once. I was, I was young and I was half asleep for three of them. So join us next week to find out what he thought of them. We'll see you then. <laughs> Another happy pod. I'm I stopping recording. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs>